Hey guys, it's Sports Decaf in the morning. It's your boy Tariq Fatul. It's the one and only Tariq Abdullah. You know, guys, it's Friday morning. I mean, I got a long weekend ahead of me, and I'm just going to go right to it. We're talking a lot of basketball today. We're going to talk about who's the most unstoppable player in the NBA, some Damian Lillard, and the Thunder. They've been on a losing streak. But right now, you guys should know what we're talking about. I mean, we're talking about <clears throat> March Madness itself. The whole tournament, who we think, who we think is going to win the tournament, who's our sleeper team, who is our Loyola Chicago and whatnot. I'm going to give you the stage. The stage is yours. Who's your sleeper team, and who do you think is going to win it? My sleeper team, I actually have them in my bracket to go to the championship game. I don't have them winning, but it's the Houston Cougars. I mean, I believe they only lost two games this season. Last year, they got eliminated to Michigan. It was a game-winning shot. I mean, you know, tough loss. But this year, they came back. They're even stronger. No one's really given focus to Houston. I mean, I think they're, you know, arguably one of the best teams in the country. You know, the team's been slept on all year. But they lost to a Michigan team that you got to keep in mind. They went all the way to the national championship game last season. They ended up losing to Villanova. But... Overall, I think Houston is my sleeper team simply because they have a lethal defense and they have a lot of, you know, veteran guys, a lot of sophomores and juniors and seniors on that team. They have, I believe, two freshmen in total on that roster. So I think they have a lot of experience. You know, they took a tough loss. They've already been through it all. You know, a hard defeat like that last year can only make you stronger. And, I mean, they've just shown it all year long. They've been consistent. They haven't really had any struggles. The, they're shooting 36% from three as a team. I mean, this Houston team has has got to, you know, be watched out for come March Madness. You want to go with your tournament My win? tournament win? Yeah. I thought you wanted to get a touch-up on your sleeper well, team. Well, I mean, ironically, we kind of have the same team. I have U of H as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, last year they did lose in the second round. But they responded this year with its 430 win season in, in uh, school history, conference championship and whatnot. They have the, a mixture of young and seasoned dudes and whatnot. They have, they have the whole package. And that's what it comes down to. I also want to keep my eye out on Iowa State. Uh, they did just come off a Big 12 championship. And they're hot at the right time. There's a bunch of teams like that. And, I mean, Murray State, I want to get to them. First of all, John Morant, I mean, he has solidified himself as the number two pick in the draft, in my opinion. No doubt about it. But – I would take them as a quote-unquote sleeper team, but they're not really a sleeper team anymore. They have the talent. John Morant is the second-best player in the country, and, I mean, he he's he's something special. But back to the point, I agree with you on U of H. I think this team has constantly played well this whole this whole season. And when it, if you want to win a championship in college basketball, you got to have your seniors. You got to have your junior. You got to have your seasoned dudes. And I know there's sometimes there's outliers, especially with your one and dones with, you know, with Duke and Kansas and whatnot. But though, just it, it comes down to the fact that these guys are about to enter the league, and sometimes talent just talent just beats experience. But experience usually wins the race. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's a college game, but I still got Duke winning it all. I think they've got you know the way Zion Williamson came back and just took the team, and they just win the ACC championship. They had those struggles all season. They couldn't beat North Carolina. I mean, now they've shown with Zion Williamson, they're still the best team in the country. They've gone nowhere. I think the only problem with Duke is their three-point shooting, and I think the X factor come March Madness is going to be two guys. I think it's going to be Trey Jones, simply because 
It's how well can he orchestrate that team come March Madness and Cam Reddish if he can knock down, you know, his knockdown shots. He hasn't been consistent all year. I think he might fall out. He could possibly fall out of a lottery pick depending on his March Madness performance. But overall, this team's going to rely on, you know, Trey Jones and Cam Reddish, you know, stepping up for this team because we know Zion Williamson is going to do his thing. He's, he's a walking double-double. The guy's an animal in the paint. I mean, he's shooting 76% from the, from, you know, two-point field goals. I mean, he can still knock down the three ball. I mean, once he takes off, it's over from there. And we know R.J. Barrett's going to do his thing. He's going he's gonna to give his points. He's going to, you know, dish some dimes. He's going to get his rebounds. He's, he's overall, I think, R.J. Barrett doesn't get enough recognition on this Duke team. I mean, I know he's still projected top three, but we don't talk about him as if, you know, he's a superstar in college basketball because he's being overshadowed by what Zion Williamson's doing. But, I mean, R.J. Barrett, the guy has a complete game. I mean, he can shoot the ball. He's very consistent. He can play. He can play defense. I mean, he can. He's a complete player. I mean, but he's just being overshadowed by you know two phenomenal athletes and John Morant and Zion Williamson. When I have the team, I have winning the whole tournament is Gonzaga. I think this team, first of all, they have the age to win it all. I mean, we look at our Villanovas and whatnot. Gonzaga is one of those teams. They have the seniors. They have the freshmen. They have their juniors. And this team is a well-coached team, tough-minded. Their guards are tough-minded, can play basketball, play defense and whatnot. The key to this team is they have bigs that can stretch the floor and play inside out. This team is 17-0 at home, which really doesn't matter in this NCAA tournament. But nine away on the road, and they have losses to the one and only North Carolina and Tennessee. However, they were missing a few stars, a couple guys during those games. I mean, I'm just looking for this team to make some noise. Mark Few. One of the most he actually he's the most winningest coach in uh, excuse me he's the most active winningest coach right now in college basketball. I just trust what Mark Few can do. I think Gonzaga kind of has a history of making some noise in the tournament. I think this this year is not a regular Gonzaga team. They've been playing way much better, and I just got this team going going all the way. That and that's what it comes down to. I want to keep one one thing. However, though, a lot of people now putting their eyes on Tennessee. I will tell you this: Tennessee is going to make some noise. Tennessee is going to make some noise. Due to the fact that, first of all, this is the one one of the best well-coached teams in the league. If you look at their time together as a, as just their starting five as a unit, they're second in the country. And just in terms of playing times with that starting five. And another thing is 25% of their shots or their, or, or their points, however, are only on threes. So basically 75% of their shots are basically, you know, layups and mid-range shots. Which basically cause, which basically tells you that this team does not have to get hot to beat you. They're gonna be doing their thing. They're gonna get to the rim and whatnot. Tennessee is gonna is gonna is gonna be a team that can get you know that can get far in the tournament. But I still got Gonzaga winning it. Well, I think for Tennessee, I think that can also hurt them. I mean, because when it comes college basketball and the way the game of basketball has evolved, you're gonna have to hit threes in big games, and I think they would have to transition to more of you know a three ball because, I mean, you've got a dude like. Fletcher McGee, who's leading the NTAA in three-pointers made, and he's a big reason why Wofford won yesterday against Seton Hall. So the three-ball is going to be a big X factor, and I think that's one thing Duke lacks, and that's their weakness coming into March Madness would be the three-ball simply because if they can't knock down the, the three-ball, they're, they're not going to get too far in this tournament because – We've seen, you know, Stephen Curry has evolved the game, not just in the NBA, but in college basketball. I mean, you got a 
a lot more guys taking more threes, and I think the three the three point record is just gonna keep getting broken year by year as guys you know keep on evolving into the game. But overall, I still got Duke winning. I can see why you got Gonzaga. I mean, I can see them going all the way as well. But I just think Duke has too much too much firepower within Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett. That's just my overall take. But I think Tennessee, I have him as being a real big choker coming this March Madness. I mean, I got much love for Rick Barnes. You know, shout out to Texas Longhorns, those years he coached. But I just I haven't seen Tennessee really prove that they can keep up with these firehouse, you know, college teams this season. They really haven't done anything to prove that. So I think Tennessee, I could see him out maybe round of, 16 around the 32 overall once again i got gonzaga winning it all i want to jump i want to jump on board real quick and i got we got to talk about that john moran game oh yeah i mean triple double in the first round this guy is the second most exciting player in college basketball i mean he's so exciting to watch well i think i think some can argue he's he could be the most exciting guy i mean he Day I feel, in, I feel day like in, day out, he's I, dunking on guys. I just, I just feel like Zion Williamson has that spot. First of all, this is an opinionated question. So, mm-hmm. but Zion Williamson, I feel like he has that spot due to the fact that he's always on the bigger stage. Murray State is a is a mid major school, and Zion Williamson has constantly done this on you know the biggest stage, and that's why I think he's the most exciting. However, Murray State and Florida State play March twenty third, and I mean this is going to be a good game. Yeah, I mean, the, Florida Florida State just made a run at the ACC championship. Murray State, I mean, John Morant, like John Morant's that type of player. Whenever I think of John Morant and what he's doing with, with Murray State, it kind of reminds me of what Dwayne Wade did with Marquette. Dwayne Wade led Marquette to the Final Four, and, and however, I'm not saying Murray State's going to the Final Four. I'm saying Murray State could possibly make the Sweet 16, and that's the first time they've ever done that as, as a school. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm thinking, like, this team could make it to the Sweet 16. I wouldn't have them go into the Elite Eight because, obviously, they're in the West with Gonzaga. So, Gonzaga would play them, and I got Gonzaga winning against Murray State every single day of the week. But John Morant is looking like the real deal. I mean, I'm not going to even throw any comparisons, because this, but this dude is special. I mean, I can't wait to see him in the NBA. Yeah, I definitely can't wait to see him either. I mean... He got, he got the first triple-double in NCAA tournament since 2012, which was Draymond Green. I mean, the guy does it all. He gets a triple-double. He, he'll body your best player. He outplayed Marcus Howard by maybe 10 steps. You know, it was the matchup everyone was looking for and a matchup that John Morant just outperformed him. I mean, you had the uh, Marquette fans screaming overrated. I mean, and then the guy puts up a triple-double, <laughs> 19, 11, and 16. I mean, he flirts with a triple-double night in, night out. I mean, the guy is just cold-blooded. I, His potential is – I mean, I can't even explain his potential at this moment. I mean, he's a second-year player. But keep in mind, he's only 19 years old. He turns 20 come August. I think, you know, if you're you're the Phoenix Suns, I mean, you, you have the first pick in the draft. It wouldn't be I, a bad I, choice. It wouldn't be a bad pick to choose John you're Moran. Right. It wouldn't be I a mean, bad choice. I mean, you could even argue R.J. Barrett. I mean, him and John Morant have a similar game. I think R- uh, John Morant just has more athleticism on his end, but R.J. Barrett is a more calm, and collective type of player. The thing about R.J. Barrett with me is that he's when it, like especially after watching that. It's ironic I talk about him. That Gonzaga game early in the season came up so. You and Gonzaga. <laughs> 
he came up so unclutch in that game, and there's been so many moments to where he just has bad shooting games and whatnot. I'm wondering is if that like a system issue or whatnot. I think John Morant, I would choose John Morant with the number two pick personally due to the fact that he's leading a Murray State team and he's on you know on the way to make a possible run in the NCAA tournament. He didn't have any bumps in the road throughout his season. And this guy has athleticism, first of all. Number two, he's, he's showtime. I mean, you, you, you talk about wanting a guy that can get you sales. This guy's going to get you sales out the jump. Number three, this guy looks like he's a leader. You know, if you just look at interviews with his with his teammates and whatnot, they just have high praise for John Morant. They say, this guy right here is a leader of our team. Or, you know, we just try to do everything we can to make sure that he's okay with playing and he's handled the media great. I mean, yada, yada, yada. There's always high praise when it comes to John Morant. And that's why I would have him as number two. I think it's kind of off the court issue. What can what can this guy do for your franchise in terms of ticket sales and whatnot? And what can this guy do for you in the locker room? And I think he has the whole he has the whole package. Yeah, and we gotta keep in mind, John Morant's one of those guys. After every win, he you know congratulates his teammates for helping them with the win. He's never he's not a guy who you know ever takes the credit, and he's never in one interview ever said you know I just go out. It's it's always you know we go out there. It's always you know we get this win. So I think he already has that mentality. He hasn't really had any you know of those celebrity off-court issues like Zion Williamson has had. So you know he's focused in the game. He's got love for the game. I got love for my man John Morant, you know, like my boy Kevin Durant. So, you know, that's my guy. John no doubt Morant about is it. definitely my guy. No doubt about it. So enough with college basketball. Let's discuss some NBA. Um, recently, in a, after the game, however, it was after the Philadelphia 76ers game and, uh, and the Celtics, Joel Embiid posted a 37.22 rebound outing, and then he went he went ahead and said, I'm the most unstoppable player in the league. So that kind of, you know, riled me up. And my question to you is, who is the most unstoppable player in the league, actually? It's simple. It's Giannis. Simply, get, don't get me wrong. Joel Embiid, we can argue he's second. But I think it's Giannis simply because all Joel Embiid does better at this point is rebound the ball and maybe shoot the perimeter. But we got to keep in mind Giannis is a lot more athletic. He's less injury prone. He's only getting better. And I mean the sky's coming for Giannis. I mean when he takes, you know, that big step, he's gone. He's going to the basket. He's a lot more quicker. I think he just he does everything Joel Embiid can do but better ex- except for, you know, shoot the ball. I mean that's his only thing he's lacking. He's shown he's shown improvement. And the thing about Giannis, which we've never seen from any player, is we haven't we haven't really examined his potential. I mean, we've seen Joel Embiid's potential. I think, you know, he's gonna be one of those guys putting up double doubles, have big nights here and there. But I think that's it. I think like, you know, Joel Embiid has reached his, you know, max. I think No, he, he hasn't. I think this is his max that he, he can He is only what, twenty three, twenty four years old. You're telling yeah, me a guy that's twenty four years old has reached in his terms, max. In terms of his skill level, I think he's reached his max. I mean Giannis, we we've seen that, you know, he still has he still has more that he can improve just because of a guy he is who puts in the work night in, night out. You know, he's been working on the three point shot. He's been working on his mid range jumper. And keep in mind if Giannis can, you know, hit the off season with Dirk some summer and hit that fadeaway. I mean, he's going to have the whole complete package. Like, if I were to build a guy, a my player on NBA 2K, I'm going to build it after Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, he's six foot 11, has a 7-foot-plus wingspan. He can 
He can take two steps from half court and get to the basket. I mean, so in terms of unstoppable, I don't think there's a guy in the league that can even give Giannis Antetokounmpo a bad night. I mean, Joel Embiid, you can, you can, you know, give him a little struggle here and there, but it's, it's Giannis. Number one, you're wrong about that Joel Embiid take. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, he's putting up great numbers at age 25, but hear me out. He's great in almost all facets of, the, uh, facets of the game. But whenever you're at that top peak level, you start to just start tweaking little things about your game. Kevin Durant at age 25 was a killer. Yeah. He, uh, if I'm not mistaken, at age 25 or whatnot, he was giving you almost 30 points a game. But we can obviously tell that he's a way much better, better player at age 30 and that he's probably reached his peak right now compared to age 25. Kevin Durant at age 25 was a killer, just like Joel Embiid is. But it's but too, it's all due to Durant's a lethal shooter. I mean, but I mean, Joel Embiid is 25, 7'2", and what, almost 300 pounds? I mean, this guy right here is going to be the most unstoppable force. Keep in mind, he what? He missed two years? Two years yeah. of basketball? I mean, this guy, I, I, I don't agree with you on that take. I think there's... There's so much more to work on with Joel Embiid. But back to the point on who the most unstoppable player is in the NBA, I agree with you. It's Giannis, obviously. I think if you have Joel Embiid, I feel like you're kind of on crack. And that's what it comes down to. But Joel Embiid, I mean, he puts up the numbers. And the thing about being the most unstoppable player kind of doesn't result to numbers sometimes. You look at Giannis Antetokounmpo. If he drives, right, let's just say there's a play going on and he's basically one-on-one with someone guarding him. He will literally take the man and treat him like a child. Yeah. <laughs> like, like seriously, he will treat a guy like – you look at what he did with Ben Simmons, called him a effing baby after he dunked on him. And that's ben, ben Simmons, Simmons got him back, though. Th- he Simmons did, but Ben Simmons is a grown man, 6'10", and one of the best guard defenders in the league, however. We have not acknowledged that, but he's one of the best defenders yeah. in the league. If y'all, if y'all are, like, listening to this, don't, don't watch that footage. It was yeah. a body. But, I mean – Giannis Antetokounmpo, back to the point. Joel Embiid, <clears throat> he had 37-22. and 22. Amazing stat line, right? Giannis Antetokounmpo is not going to be that type of player for years to come. He's not going to give you 40-25, and 25, that, but that's not the player he is, though, and that's what it comes down to. Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to give you that 32-16 point outing with seven assists, and, I mean, his unstoppability, quote-unquote, that's not sometimes not going to show up on the stat seat because he can go take his dude and he'll kick it out. Well, you know, someone else can make an extra pass or whatever. On Giannis is so unstoppable to the point it's like, I mean, you just got to watch the game. Yeah. I mean, Joel Embiid will give you the numbers, and his numbers are kind of Shaq-like. They're, I'm not saying he's like Shaq. They're Shaq-like in terms of numbers. But Giannis Antetokounmpo, I mean, no one in the league can guard this guy. And, and whenever I think of Joel Embiid, look at what he did with the Celtics. In, in the first matchup, beginning of the season, he was getting locked up by Al Horford. He was getting locked up by Al Horford in the playoffs as well at moments. So if we talk about the most unstoppable player, it's definitely Joel Embiid. Someone could even argue the most unstoppable player is Kevin Durant. Because just to the fact that if he's having a bad shooting night, it's not because of your defense. Yeah. Like, simply, it's really not because of your defense. It's just because he's just having a bad shooting night. And that's, and that's what it comes down to. Kevin Durant is a seven-foot seven foot guard who can do everything on the court. Oh, yeah. And if we talk about who's the most unstoppable player, I don't understand why he's not in that conversation. But I don't even have Joel Embiid as my second. And I, I think that's what it comes down to. I can understand why you have it at second. Mm-hmm. I, but I think we all agree that Giannis is number one in terms of who's the most unstoppable player in the league. And he just has – I mean, his potential is off the roof. This guy's going to be special. Back to my point about Giannis being, you know, the unstoppable guy that he is. I think one thing that really defines it – 
It's his ability to guard the one through five. I mean, you can put Giannis on Kyrie Irving. He's going to give him a hard time. You can put him on your best shooting guard. We can argue James Harden. He's going to give him a hard time. You can put him on Kevin Durant. He'll give him a hard time. I mean, the, the four to five, it just keeps going on. Giannis, when it comes down to, you know, crunch time, he's one of those guys who, you know, put him on whoever's got the hot hand, he'll shut him down just due to his athleticism, his 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 ability to switch positions. And, you know, to, I mean, the way – I mean, we're just – we're looking at a freak. I mean, we're never going to see a guy – with this type of physique, this type of athleticism. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now, watch out for years to come. I'm telling you right now, Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to be the best defender in the NBA. Yeah. He he, he and that, I think you can argue And that's no he, that's that's no disrespect to Kawhi Leonard, to mm-hmm. Paul George, or to anyone on the come up. But Giannis Antetokounmpo, I'm telling you right now, at what age 27, 28, whenever he hits his full prime and whatnot, hey, this we, this we guy next season. this guy's gonna be the best defender in the NBA, and that's I know that's not really a bold take or a hot take. I'm telling you right now though, you said or how you just said it one through five, and he can do it efficiently. There's some guys in the league that can guard one through five, but they'll struggle yeah. guarding a five, or they might struggle guarding a one. And whenever I think of guys that can guard one through five, I think of a Kawhi Leonard. However, Kawhi Leonard is a is a more of a one through four type of player. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Paul George, a one through four type of player. Anthony Davis, he's a what a three through five, not maybe not even a three, and but Giannis is a legitly one through five. He might struggle guarding your Russell Westbrooks and whatnot, but I mean one through five. I mean this guy can he he can he can disrupt the defense. I think the only guys he really will struggle with would be a Kyrie Irving. Who really can get or you a Steph, the Curry. Or a Steph Curry? A, a I think a Russell Westbrook, when it comes to you know, he's he's one of those guys that blow by. Giannis athleticism can adapt to that, but overall, I think you know you had a good you had a good reasoning on you know Kawhi Leonard and Kawhi, um, Kawhi Leonard and Giannis. But one thing I look at: imagine a Kawhi Leonard inside of a Giannis body. I think that that's what makes up Giannis as an individual. Is he's been blessed with the type of, you know, the type of physique that he has as a player. I mean, and then he just puts in the work night in, night out, a guy like Kawhi Leonard. And remember, this guy was a, this guy was a twig. Yeah. You know, 180 in the, pounds. In the beginning of his NBA career. So, I mean, he was obviously blessed with the length. Mm-hmm. He was not blessed with the body, however. Yeah. LeBron James was blessed with the body. Mm-hmm. And we tell you, Dwight Howard, he was blessed with the body. Yeah. But – Giannis had so, to work until for Kobe it. called him soft. Yeah, and, but Giannis had to work for that body, and Definitely. yeah, I mean it's crazy. But, but yeah, yeah, like you said, I mean, this guy's gonna be this guy's gonna be crazy in the next. Not even I wouldn't even say by twenty seven. I say by next season we're gonna be like, damn. I mean, this is who I'm I, already saying. Damn. Yeah, you're gonna have defenders next season like, damn, we gotta go up against this guy. And the bad thing about it is, you know, you've got a guy like Stephen Curry. If he's getting hot, Giannis will guard him if he has to. Like, I mean. The guy's got to do what he's got to do. But the thing about the Milwaukee, excuse me, the Milwaukee Bucks, Steph Curry can be hot. Mm-hmm. Giannis won't have to guard him. You know why? Because he has a dog on defense as well, Eric yeah, Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> I mean, like seriously, that's what it comes down to. That Milwaukee Bucks team is so good. It's like, okay, yeah, Steph Curry can eat. Well, we got. I'm not gonna say Eric Bledsoe is gonna what cancel out Steph Curry, yeah. but he can definitely you know give give Steph Curry a run for his money. Chris Middleton is a great 3 and D player. Giannis is a great defender as well. 
I mean, Malcolm Brogdon, solid defender as well. This team is a is a team loaded with solid defenders, great guys that buy in and whatnot. Giannis is he's a perfect leader, mm-hmm. and that's what it comes down to. And I think a big role, a, a big reason why we've seen Giannis just evolve into an animal this season, Mike Budenholzer. I mean, keep in mind he's got that Greg Popovich coaching scheme. You know, he 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 may, he you know ad, he puts in a lot of role players into the lineup. He makes a lot of players better. We've seen Brooke Lopez really start to evolve his game. A lot of credit goes to Mike Budenholzer. He's he's going to be the next Popovich when Popovich is out. So I think, you know, a lot of talk. But overall, we can both agree Giannis is the most unstoppable guy in the league. Let's go back to another topic. Damian Lillard has been on a rant least, uh, <clears throat> recently. And, you know, he's been saying that he's under the radar and whatnot. And he just says that he, he, he eventually said that he's one of the best players in the NBA so my take on my, my excuse me my question to you is is Damian Lillard under the radar and why is no one talking about Portland? Well, Damian Lillard is under the radar because one he's in the West, two he plays for Portland, which isn't really a high market team, and three I mean the media, the media shows no love to the Portland Trailblazers as much. You know they're always focused on you know the L.A. Lakers who who aren't even in the playoffs at this point. It's all about where the money's at. You know, the, the NBA is a phenomenal league, but the media has the say when it comes to, you know, what names are being heard, what names aren't. He's a guy from Weber State, small college, you know, had to work his way up to the league, four-year player. But, I mean, Damian Lillard ha- has been that man since he came into the league. Let's keep in mind he came in with Anthony Davis. Damian Lillard won Rookie of the Year that year. He was averaging 20 points per game. I mean, this year he's giving you 26 points per game. I mean, he's one of the most cold-blooded shooters in the league. He's one of those guys, you know, night in, night out. He's going to give you the buckets. I mean, even if he's having a bad shooting night, he said, you just got to keep shooting. I mean, you just keep it simple. Keep shooting until you get your shot. He's he's one of those guys who, you know, he he's not really going to get that respect until he actually wins a championship. But, you know, in the NBA nowadays – that's hard to do. You know, we got a lot of guys forming super teams. But Damian Lillard, if you love the game of basketball and you're one of those dudes who, you know, just watch it just because and you don't focus on those, you know, top-tier market teams like the L.A. Lakers, the Boston Celtics, or the Golden State Warriors, you're going to love you some Damian Lillard. That's how I feel about this. I feel like Damian Lillard is complaining too much. I, Me, personally, I don't have him under the radar. Um, I just think, first of all, I have him in my top five PGs. I think that's a rightful position. I have him as my fifth best PG. And and I'm going to I'm going to list my top 5 PGs in order to strengthen my argument. Um number 1 I obviously have Curry, number 2 I have Westbrook, 3 Kyrie, number 4 Mike Two Westbrook over Kyrie? Yes. Number number uh number 4 I have Ben Simmons, number 5 I have Damian Lillard. Um you can argue about Kemba Walker and whatnot, but I will go back. I will go to that after I discuss this. I have Damian Lillard at number five. I think that's the perfect position for him, a rightful position, however. And whenever, if you look at my top five, Steph Curry, he's an NBA champion. Russell Westbrook, he's been to the NBA Finals. Kyrie Irving, he's been to, the, he's he's won a championship. Ben Simmons, he's only, what, in his second year? He's already made it past, he was already made it to the second round. No, no, ben Simmons is still a rookie. <laughs> <laughs> he's made it to, he's made it to the second round. Damian Lillard is what age twenty seven, age twenty eight. I mean, this guy has only made it to the second round, yeah. and that's why that's why I think no one's talking about Portland. This team is not a real threat. 
I'm sorry to say that. They don't have – first of all, they've paid – they've overpaid a bunch of players. Mm-hmm. You look at Evan Turner, Al Farouk Aminu, so many players that are overpaid. No disrespect to those guys, but these guys are overpaid. And now they put themselves in a hole to where what can they do in the future? They're not going to attract any big-time free agents. The best thing they can do is possibly try to trade guys that are getting overpaid or pick up an Anis Cancer in the buyout market. And, I mean, and I, I will go back to this point. The reason why I don't have a Kemba Walker in my top five is because he has not done a single thing in the playoffs. If we want to list our, our, our best players in the league, winning has, you know, something to, to do with how you, how you judge a player. And Kemba Walker hasn't done anything. Same thing with Damian Lillard. No disrespect to Damian Lillard. He's played amazing and whatnot. But, and I understand you're in the West. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, there's been a handful of guards. I mean, J- James Harden is, one, is the best shooting guard in the league. Chris Paul, he was a top five shooting guard, excuse me, point guard in the league. But he, you can obviously tell that he's taking a step down and whatnot. But these guys have had their time to shine. They've been in the conference finals. They've made it to the second round and whatnot. You know, they've made some noise in the playoffs. If you look at all the great guards in the, in the NBA, they've, they've had some time to shine. Damian Lillard has not had that time to shine. He's never made it past the second round. He's never been a real threat in the, in the Western Conference. And that's what it comes down to. I, I think I think I have him perfectly where he should be. I mean, unless he wants to take, you know, unless he just starts balling out and whatnot. But especially getting swept in the first round by New Orleans, I don't understand why this guy's complaining so much. I mean, no disrespect to Damian Lillard and to Rip City and whatnot, but they just haven't done anything. And this lo- this looks like a team that's going to be in playoff contention for the what the next five mm-hmm. six years. But then they're going to eventually have to start rebuilding because they just can't win anything. Yeah, I, I don't, the whole winning concept, I don't know if Portland can pull off, you know, a championship win. But overall, I think I think he deserves, you know, some noise. I mean, he's one of those guys who, you know, he, he's one of the best closers in the league. I mean, we've seen it with the Houston playoff series where he sealed the deal. You know, we've seen in the regular season, you know, every here and there. But over, overall, Damian Lillard is one of the best scorers in the league. And I think... You know, like you said, what really derailed his uh, presence was that playoff series and, last season. And where was he in that playoff yeah. series? Drew Holiday, I mean, and it was obliterated his him. Yeah. It was his remarks that I think kind of dropped him where he said, you know, I wasn't ready for what they were throwing at me. Well, you're an NBA athlete. You're playing at the highest level of basketball. You're but telling me you weren't ready I, for no, a playoff series? For like, okay, for me, however, I understand, mm-hmm. and but you're right on that. If you regard yourself as one of the best players yeah. in the league, it shouldn't really matter. But the way that that Portland Trailblazers team is set up, it's – okay, first of all, if you didn't watch the series, obviously they were doubling Damian Lillard mm-hmm. and – C.J. McCollum and basically trapping them and making making sure that the ball's out their hands. Prison defense and and forcing forcing the ball to be in who Al Camino's hands and who an Evan Turner or I, I I keep saying those guys' names but you you get what I'm saying they yeah. have that's and that goes back to the point Portland Trailblazers have a lot of guys that are kind of you don't you really don't know their names and whatnot yeah. and they do I love I love me some Yusuf uh, Yusuf Nurkic he can ball but that big three is not going to get him anything in Portland. They got some Ennis Cantor in there, too. I think he can really play a big role in the playoffs. But overall, I still don't think they have yeah, enough. I, they I, can't. I'm saying, like, they're, they're yeah. probably going to be a second-round team. But they might even get out the, get out, get out mm-hmm. in the first round because there's, there's what, a four-way tie in yeah. the West. And, I mean, Portland Trailblazers is looking like they – It's not really they, an they attraction for free agency. Exactly. And they it's might, looking rough. It's looking rough. But I just said it. There is a four-way tie in the West. And ironically, one of them is the Thunder. Thunder were a third seed, what, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Now they are tied for the eighth spot in the West. They've been on a five-game losing streak, however. They've been playing horrible basketball. 
and that's what it comes down to. My question to you is, should we, should we be worried about the Thunder's recent losing streak? I think we should. I mean, we got 10 games left until the playoffs. You know, you, you've had these struggles all season long. You've adapted. You got back into your rhythm. And now you're having struggles again. I mean, that just sh- – it's not, it's not a good sign. I mean, you, you want to have these early in the season, and then you want to resolve it, but then you don't want it to come back because now I'm starting to think this is going to come back into the playoffs. And I don't think, you know, they're going to go very far if they keep, you know, having these issues, not playing consistent – and a lot of it comes down to Paul George. If he's not getting into a rhythm offensively, this team can't get into a rhythm. No disrespect to Russell Westbrook, but you cannot be the leading scorer on that team because it's it's not going to help this Thunder team in the long run. Unless he's efficient, but that's probably yeah, not going to happen. But he's very inefficient this season. I think, you know, offensively, he's really got to work on his game in the offseason. You know, his jump shooting. You know, I, I really like the way, you know, Westbrook has – evolved into more of a passer as a point guard but he's still taking way too many shots you need to spread the ball a little bit more you've got you know you've got some good key role guys on that team you've got a Dennis Schroeder who can give you those points off the bench so you you gotta you just gotta I think Westbrook the thing is he's gotta adjust to Paul George's game but I I gotta realize that if this team is gonna go anywhere or you know have any sort of success it's got to be built around Paul George I mean, I understand, you know, you're the face of the franchise. We all still know that. But what's better for this team is for, you know, Paul George to take over. I think whenever you watch Thunder games, you can definitely tell <clears throat> that Russell Westbrook has adapted to Paul George. I think he's done a tremendous job. I think, me personally, the pressure's on Paul George. And he has not been playing well. You look at his the racing game against Toronto. Had 19 points, whatnot. And just look at his last run of games. I mean, this guy has not been playing his MVP type of type of level that he's been playing at the whole season. I think the pressure's on Paul George. There has been multiple reports that he has a tear in his shoulder, and that might come back to haunt the OKC Thunder. But, I mean, I don't want to hear that as an excuse right now because they have not, you know, fully solidified the fact that he has a, that he has a tear. That could just be a rumor. So, basically what I'm saying is, we should be worried about this. Yeah, we should be worried. We should be worried. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, this team is looking like – excuse me, it's a four-game losing streak, not a five-game losing streak. But this team could potentially get matched up with the Warriors in the first round. I mean, first of all, do you know how amazing that would be as a first-round matchup? That would be the best one eight seed matchup probably ever. But I, I, we, sh- we should be worried, and that's what it comes down to. This team is – Usually around this time, you want to be hot. You want to be like the Denver Nuggets right now, who was on a, a five-game win streak. You want to be like the San Antonio Spurs. But Thunder playing bad basketball, um, I think most of it goes down to Paul George. Russell Westbrook is playing his usual self. You know, Russell Westbrook, you can kind of tell what he's going to give you throughout, especially for like this year, we know what he's going to give you. He might give you a low 40% field goal percentage type of game, give you a triple-double, and – that's kind of what you expect. Paul George, however, we expect him to give us 28-plus because that's what he's averaging yeah. and give us around eight rebounds a game and some steals. He has not been doing that recently. I think Russell Westbrook has kind of been elevating his game due to the fact that Paul George is playing less. If you look at Russell Westbrook's last game, he had 42-11-6, and, and he was extremely efficient. Yeah, They lost that game in overtime, but, I mean, Paul George has to step up, and that's yeah. what it comes down to. Well, I mean, I think we can argue, I mean, he might – he might be battling through some injuries. I mean, we've seen his uh, – he's been having some off games, not just the last four games. It's been about, you know, the last 10 to 12 games. 
he's been you know having inconsistent shooting nights so if 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 all falls into the lines and these reports are true this thunder team i think is not going to go very far they might not even make it past the first round with the way the west is looking so overall it's all about it's just a weight game hopefully you know all is good and well god forbid any injuries on paul george he's having a phenomenal season but this thunder team has got to get it fixed and they got to get it fixed now and the thing about the thunder team right now is they don't want to be in the lower tier of the seedings because if you're the sixth seed, you're going to be playing against Houston, and Houston's playing phenomenal basketball. If you're the seventh seed, you don't want to be playing against Denver. Denver's playing phenomenal basketball. Eighth seed, I just said the Warriors. Yeah. Their best situation is that they end up being a fifth seed or a fourth seed, and they play the Portland Trailblazers, and that's the best. That's the best situation for them. But I mean, the Portland Trailblazers. But who would you rather play in the first round? Yeah, Houston, yeah. Denver. Yeah, you get what I'm saying? And we so, gotta keep in mind these are all teams that have you know a really good home court advantage. Exactly. I mean, you look at the Denver Nuggets. They're 30 and six at home. Houston's 26 and 10. I mean, the Warriors are 25 and 10 at home. These teams are crazy. OKC. Um, I I really did have this team going to the conference finals. Mm-hmm. I might I might be leaning towards the Rockets now, and that's what it comes down to. Towards the Rock. I, I mean, I can see. It's the West, though. We never know what will happen, but all we do know in the West is that the Warriors are making it out. DeMarcus Cousins has been playing amazing basketball, and that about wraps it up. Of course, guys. You know it's Sports Decaf. It's your boy, Thodak Fatul. It's the man of the hour, Thodak Abdullah. No doubt about it, guys. Any Thanks inspirational for quote for this Friday? Man, go chase a bag. That's all I got to say. All right. Chase all right. a bag. Okay. He really had nothing to say, but uh, (laughs) let's wrap this one up.